Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1992 Premiers. Premiers. The 2018 <laughs> Grand final rematch or finals rematch or at least some sort of game with stakes. Uh, as it is, it's round four and the Eagles are almost already in must-win territory. Yeah, almost in must-win territory, almost gone beyond that into, fuck it, I think we're done territory. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit hard, sorry to be such a downer, um, coming right 20 seconds we lasted. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I'm done. No, sorry. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's pretty grim at the moment. Um, we were looking at this month thinking this is going to be, you know, this is sort of, uh, this month is going to test us, but we can you know, start the season off to a flyer and um, we just haven't been able to get going for, for various reasons. And I don't want to call them excuses because uh, apparently everyone makes too many excuses. But, no excuses. Um, no. But, yeah, it's, um, coming into this game, uh, it was looking looking a little bit better during the week when we saw, you know, we were getting some um, some players back. We are getting, you know, Shuey was supposed to be back this week. Uh, so we're going to have a bit more of a um, bit more of a midfield. And now, yeah, Shuey hasn't come up. We've lost Gaff. We've lost Petrevsky-Seaton. Um, we're going in with a midfield that is Jack Redden and a bunch of guys that the average footy fan would struggle to name. Um and yeah, playing Collingwood, who are uh, have had a real bounce this year. Um, they're sort of, I think, expected to be um, strugglers this year, and they've uh, they've been flying under a new coach. So um, it's difficult to be too positive about this one. I suppose we can take well, some positives go. out of it. Willie's back, and we'll uh, um, you know. Hopefully, see some of the young midfielders like maybe Luke Edwards or someone step up, and uh, that'll be what we're watching for. Yeah, and I think I mean you mentioned about maybe this is the season over, which is obviously after round three seems like a grandiose sort yeah. of call, but you you're naive, I suppose, if you're not at least thinking about that. Uh, so we are then watching for okay, where are the green shoots? Who's the young mid that's going to step up and take some of the burden away? Because Shuey's not going to be playing more games anytime soon. You know, Yo's not going to... He's going to slow down. Gaff, we'll see where he's at with his foot. This could be a long-term thing. So there's going to be opportunity for some guys. Um, on the mids, I played a game at work with somebody about... I named our center line, but I made up one player. And I forget the name. That I <laughs> it was Patrick something. And I was saying, have you heard of him? No. Have you heard of him? No. Have you yeah. heard of him? No. And they hadn't heard of any of them. And thankfully, they didn't yeah. fall for the bait and say, yes, I've heard of him. But anyway, this is oh. that's the territory we're in. Uh the thing is with the team, and I'll quickly run through it now, if you divvy it up into the lines, two of the three lines ain't actually that bad. you got the back line, yeah. Hearn, Barras, Witherden, Foley, McGovern, Duggan. That's not bad on paper. You know, that doesn't yeah. look too bad. Half forward well, line and full line. forward line. 
Oh, here you go, here you go. Sorry, the, the, the back line is, uh, is actually sort of at full strength, just about. Essentially. Uh, so much so that they could um, drop Harry Edwards and, and drop Josh Rotham, who are both um, a little bit unlucky. Neither of them have been setting the world on fire, I suppose, but um, they can both consider themselves pretty unlucky to be dropped. So, yeah, that's the where Edwards the back one's line interesting. Is yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it's a luxury to be able to omit players because we uh, only omitted, I think, one or technically two last week, and one of them's come straight back into the team, such as the nature of the beast at the moment. But the back line, in terms of Harry Edwards, if you're saying the year's a write off, he might be the sort of guy you're wanting to pump games into because this is a guy that at the very least could be a Hearn replacement, a different style of player I know. But if you're just trying to see who are the pieces that are going to be leaving, well, Hearn's going to finish up soon. Harry Edwards could be a shout, but a bit tough that he got dropped. Uh, Josh Rotham, we talked about in buy, sell, hold. He was your sell for the week. So it's looking like a good call, unfortunately, on Rotham. We'll wait yeah. and see where he sorry, fits. Josh. Yeah, sorry, sorry to do that for you. Uh, but yeah, Hearn, Barras, Witherden, Foley, McGovern, Duggan. Your opinion on Foley is pretty much the only thing in there that stops that from being our best six backs for the season. So that's yeah. quite a nice-looking line. Forward line, Willie Rioli, and we've seen what he means to the team this year already. You know, his two games have just been, for a start, fun to watch. So that already carve out some time and watch Willie Rioli. But he can do a little bit of everything. He can do the small forward stuff. You can throw him on the ball. Great to see him back. Rioli, Darling, Waterman, Jermaine Jones, Kennedy, Ryan. Again, I know there's guys to come back in, you know, Cripps in particular and Oscar Allen as well, but it's not the worst six that we could possibly line up. It's pretty hard to complain about either of those. It just keeps coming back to that midfield, and this is the entire group of six, I suppose, in the middle. Nick Nat in the ruck, you hope that he'll be better another week removed from COVID and isolation and all of that. Redden on the ball, all right, that's fine. That's probably going to happen in our best version of the midfield. But then, Migs, yeah, you've got Luke Edwards in the rover spot. You've got Connor West in the center spot. The wings are Patrick Nash and Zach Langdon, a very interesting winger choice there. Uh, yeah, Xavier O'Neill's on the bench. Jackson Nelson's on the bench. So those guys will get a run. Hugh Dixon will get a chop out in the ruck as well. It's going to be manufacturing midfield minutes again. Rioli, Ryan, pushing guys around and sort of trying to see what we can do there. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of um, Rioli and, and Jermaine Jones um, rotating yeah. through there. Um, which would be good to see. Uh, yeah, Xavier O'Neill, um, I think I said last week, you know, the club only plays him. Seems like they only play him as a last resort, and that's pretty much what we've come seen. There aren't any other midfielders to come in. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can stand up again. I thought he was all right against um, against North Melbourne. A um, little bit surprised that he got dropped. Um, but, yeah, so there's going to be a huge workload on those guys, and Nick Nad as well um, against... Grundy, obviously, um, you know, he's going to um, have his work cut out for him to actually feed the guys that we do throw in there. So, yeah, the the forward and the back lines both look good, but I think it just feels like the back line is going to be seeing it a lot more than the forward line, unfortunately. I'm just having a look. Xavier O'Neill's an interesting point here because we're talking about guys who are getting he's an probably opportunity. probably the second most experienced guy out there now, is he, in the midfield? In terms of the mids? Well, I suppose, yeah. where does Nash if you don't How count. many total games is he, you know? He played, I think he only played about six for Richmond. Well, then probably. I mean, Zach Langdon yeah. would have played more games, but that, sorry, he doesn't count as a as an yeah, experienced I'm, midfielder. He's not going to play on the wing. No, I know, but you know, no. let's just say they move him up the ground a little bit. And then you've got Nelson, who the club have acknowledged isn't a mid, but is a tagging option. It's something Simo got asked about again today. So 
you know, yeah, you might I couldn't see really him find a tagging a target for him in Collingwood with uh, with Taylor Adams not playing. Um, yeah, really I mean that's the thing. They've actually got some outs as well to the pies. So yeah, they've got uh, Adams out, and uh, is it Degoe out? Who else is out? Degoe's out. Yep. That's a shame, poor bastard. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's and it's hard to feel much sympathy. Yeah, no, no. It's and and looking at the midfield, but I mean, on paper, the Pies midfield still looks absolutely light years ahead of where the Eagles are. But maybe that's the sort of thing you move Nelson onto the ball a little bit. Um, Migs, why don't we talk about Xavier O'Neill? Because if we're saying pessimistically or otherwise, that, okay, maybe the season's not going to go our way this year, which, let's be honest, that's how it looks. Uh, it is all going to be about the individuals. It's going to be about growth and what can we take forward. Well, Xavier O'Neill's a guy, I mean, he's played, what, 15 games in his career, 13 disposals in round one against the Suns, uh, 10 disposals against North, a career-high six tackles against North. He's still got dropped, which is, you can say what you want about that. But he's on his last chance, really. He has to be, because as you're saying, you know, he... Uh, he seems to only get picks when it's the last resort. And what, whatever yeah. his contract situation is, there's some concept. Maybe it's two years, maybe it's not. We don't have clarification on it. But let's say he's on the list, you know, even next year. It seems like he's on the list to play waffle footy, basically. So what can we expect from him? Is it just as simple as doing enough to get picked next week? Or, or what are you looking for if we're going to watch Xavier O'Neill this week? Well, he might be given a role. He seemed to be given a role against North Melbourne. Um, and I'm just judging this based on the fact that he um, his kilometres were just about the highest in the team and he had 10 touches. Yeah. He might have had that sort of sacrificial running role that um, you know, we've seen Maston and, and Brander do on G'day the defensive Masso. wing in the past. And, yeah, um, and Cripps a bit off a forward flank. So maybe he was doing that, um, that sort of sacrificial running role and he might be um, coming in to do another specific role. We actually saw last year as well, I think he was sort of playing as a defensive forward at times um, late in the year. So, um, yeah, hard to get a read on where they see him um, and whether they will give him a specific role to come in this week or whether they've, they have just picked him as the last midfielder standing or, or possibly a bit of both. But, yeah, I would, I'd like to see him get some, um, um, some centre-square minutes. He reminded me when he was drafted of Shuey. Uh, he doesn't... Doesn't seem to be able to accumulate the ball like Shuey does, but he's no. he makes good decisions and he's, he's uh, can kick off either foot and he's pretty neat with his disposal. Um, not as explosive as Shuey either, but it, with Shuey not playing, he might be able to get yeah, some of that role. Uh, and uh, with all the outs we've got, he might be able to get some centre square attendances as well. Uh, what about another guy? If we're just going to sort of go through and pick out some interesting individuals, Jake Waterman is another one that's quite interesting to me. You look at his career in terms of he cements himself in the team for more or less half of the games in every year, roundabout, yeah. often a slightly, slightly more than half, but call it, you know, one in every two games. Well, he played against the Suns. He didn't play against North due to COVID. He's the emergency or the sub, whatever you want to call it, against Frio. So technically played, but again, let's be honest, didn't really play. Basically, this is his second game in four. He's batting at around about that 50% in terms of selection. Given that we've just pointed out, hey, you know what? The forward line doesn't look too bad on paper. What can he do? Because Alan will be around the corner. You know, Alan's coming back and touch wood, everybody stays healthy. We're starting to look like, okay, we've got some crummers. We've got some runners. Crips won't be too far away. Like, there are options there. He needs to cement his role. What, what do you want to see from Jake Waterman this week? Yeah, he's been a funny one as well. Uh, he seems to suffer from the fact that um, we play quite a full, uh, full forward line 
a tall forward line, and he. Um, That's the one. Um, and he's when they they worry they seem to worry at times that they've gone in too tall, and so he's the one to miss out. But he doesn't necessarily. He plays tall when he goes back to the waffle. He sort of plays as a key forward and comes out of the square. But kicks bags. Um, AFL level, he's sort of. He plays more of a Crips role. He, um, you know, he's up and down the ground. He covers a lot of ground. Uh, he can be that sort of um, get-out-of-jail kick. Uh, he, he's got a good tank, so he can play that sort of um, play that sort of role, and he can play it in a team that you know, otherwise has um, you know, two key forwards and a and a resting ruck in the forward line. So um, I would like to see him probably play with more of that up-the-ground uh, game this week. Let uh, Kennedy and, and Darling and uh, and Dixon, when he's on, um, have the, the 50 Stay to themselves on. and just yeah, clear out, um, give the defenders an option because I think they're going to be uh, under the pump a little bit. Might even play on the wing a bit, uh, given that Gaff's out. Um, might run him off the wing uh, if it's not Langdon. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, just, I'd like to see him. You know, if he comes out of the game without a goal, that's fine. I'd like to see him um, be more of a net round. Just going through his uh, AFL tables here on, on Jake Waterman and looking at time on ground, because 92% time on ground against Gold Coast, I looked at that and thought, geez, that does seem high. And I'm scrolling back. I, he's cracks 80 a fair bit. He's never gone above 90 before. Uh, I think I've, there's an 87 here. Where else? I think that's about his highest, 87 a few years ago. So in terms of percentage time on ground, you can't really say it's a fitness thing. I know he's probably coming back from COVID or certainly from isolation one way or the other, but yeah. he might have that ability to work up and down the ground in, in a way that we've seen him do before. And that round one off really no preseason, he didn't play any of the scratchies or anything like that. So to be able to do 92% in round one, I'm thinking, you know, you're never going to get a better shot than this because JK's winding down. Oscar Allen's a few weeks away still, and the, the bodies are sort of dropping all around him. This could be yeah. Jack Waterman's chance to stand up and really go for it. Uh, Collingwood, they're a, a known commodity in a lot of ways over the last few years because the, the not, play yeah, style. Not sure they're a known commodity of... for us. I haven't looked into them too much. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, for you and I, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But I'm saying in the last couple of years, you know, we've met them that many times in a row. 2018, yeah, I think we played them three in times in six or seven weeks. Exactly. 19, we played them a few times. Like we're, we're pretty familiar with them, but the game style's changed. It's pivoted in a big way. Uh, and you only have to look at the disposal numbers for that. Their marks are right down, their kicks are right down, but disposals are up, handballs are up. Scoring, they're scoring through the roof. A close loss to Geelong last week, which was a choke, let's be honest. They were six goals up at three-quarter time. So you're looking at a side in Collingwood that could easily be 3-0, and uh, and that's not a position I think anybody would have expected to find them in coming into the season. So certainly not the easiest matchup and maybe not the matchup we expected pre-season on this one. No, and uh, they're getting a, getting us at a good time as well. But, yeah, they do seem to be travelling um, really well. And I couldn't tell you why that is. I couldn't tell you what's changed about their game plan or, or anything because I haven't, um, haven't seen enough of their games. But, yeah, they seem to be going well. Um, obviously, they've on paper, they've been a pretty strong team. I'm not too sure what went wrong last year. Um, the Trelaw trade debacle seemed to sort of blow up and then they had a terrible year but they still have um, on paper they've got you know that midfield of Grundy, Pendlebury, Adams um, Dugowie runs through there and um, you know, some of these guys aren't going to be playing but um, Jack Crisp's really underrated midfielder um, yeah 
on paper they look they look really good. Um, still struggling to find a key forward that can contribute. They sort of rely on um, Tagoe to do that as well as uh, run through the middle. Um, but uh, it does. My check's an interesting one because people always bag my check. I find on the Eagles, boy, oh, this crab kicks yeah. goals against us and blah blah. It's pretty. He good loves kicking player. goals against us. Well, yeah. I feel like everybody thinks that about everyone, though. Oh, this guy only yeah. plays well against us. Yeah. My check's a decent footy player, for sure. And, and he's capable of kicking a bag, which Eagles fans know too well. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking about uh, Lipinski was the one that, after round one, there was all the buzz around Collingwood, and you've got the Dacos story, so you can't move for hearing about Dacos. But um, the, the Lipinski acquisition seems to have gone quite well for them so far. I'm, yeah. I'm purely basing this off handball numbers and off, off basically the the rumblings in the media for whatever you're going to take that to be worth when it comes to the big clubs like Collingwood. But yeah. they seem to be very stoked on what they've done in terms of acquisitions. Dacos is going to do one good thing in the yeah. game and we're going to have to hear about it for the rest of the game. It's going, to be, it's going to be a tough watch, I think, all things considered, which is a bit of a shame to be sort of going in with that mentality. Uh, the Barras and McGovern pairing. Migs, it's something that we've seen scrutinised by Eagles fans pretty recently over the last couple of years and all that. One of them, you know, they've been in and out of the side this year. TB's played some all right footy. McGovern in the last few weeks has played some very, very good footy. So can they yeah. coexist again? Is this something we're going to be able to build on? Because Collingwood, like you say, it's the matchups aren't completely evident as to where they'll go. So we're going to see another vintage McGovern effort sort of as the third man zoning off. Uh, well, I hope so. He had um, he had Harry Edwards for company last week, and yeah. they work. Uh, their roles are very well defined when the two of them play together, because Harry Edwards just locks down on um, yeah. the number one um, key forward, uh, which I thought he did reasonably well. I think Tablet might have kicked three, but um, no, I was surprised he got dropped. In all all honesty, I don't yeah, think it was terrible. I think it's, it's roles. No, I it's think it's, it's more. Back. Yeah, Brass is back, and we can't yeah. really play all three of them. Although we probably could, but um, yeah, uh, so Barras will have to come in and do that role. He does like to play um, McGovern's role a little bit. He does like to sort of zone off and um, and come across and help out. And he, he's just not going to be able to do that. He's going to have to um, stay on whoever their sort of their main target is. It'll probably be Darcy Cameron if it's not my check, I suppose. Um, but yeah. He's just going to have to do that and rely on um, McGovern and Hearn, who's um, been pretty good at the intercepts as well the last couple of weeks, uh, to, uh, to to do that role. We can't have everyone sort of zoning off and trying to cover space. Cause... No, well, we've seen how that works, especially when you with the midfield. You'd have to say there's going to be some yeah. turnovers. And that's what's been killing us. It's killed us forever and a day. But when the Eagles turn the ball over, it seems to be that it comes back with interest uh, having mm. just said that everybody thinks things go badly against their team, I feel like other teams turn it over and get away with it more than we do. In terms of, I'm not saying it's luck. I'm saying obviously yeah. how we're setting up is wrong. When we turn it over, we seem so exposed time and time and time again. Uh, I'm not too sure what the fix is there, but some continuity, I guess, with the team this week, certainly more so than we've had. You look at the ins, Barras, Duggan, O'Neill, Rioli. Uh, so that's four ins, five if you count Waterman being elevated from the sub. Uh, the outs, Edwards, Gaff, Petreski, seaton Petrocelli and Rotham. A few dropped, a few injured and a couple more COVIDs in there for good measure. But the Eagles aren't a mile away from full strength. The fixture is seemingly getting more difficult. But again, it's early in the season. We don't really have a read on that. 
I'm trying to find some silver lining somewhere, Migs, and, and not just sort of go through individuals. And I've jumped on FootyWire for some inspiration. These guys list like the rankings, you know, if you're top five in any category or bottom five in any category, things like that. Yeah. I've never seen this before. I've been using this website for a long time and I've looked at a lot of teams, good, bad, and otherwise. I have never seen a team that does not have a single thing in the high rankings category because the stats oh, that they keep are weird and wonderful. Opponent marks per game, opponent inside 50s, opponent handball per game differential, goal assists per game differential. They'll find a stat. You'll scrape in somewhere. Intercept marks? The Eagles have nothing. Well, okay, I'll tell you what. They don't have that stat, but we're we're not in the high ranks of anything that they show displayed. So 16th in kicks, 18th in handballs, 17th in disposals. We don't mark it all that much, which is bizarre. We score the second fewest points in footy. We go inside 50 last of anybody in the league. We don't share the Total love the 17th in goal assist. Total changes. Total changes. I think we're winning by a streak. Yeah. Absolutely we do. What if we use 38 players already? We've got 37 that we used all of last year. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it doesn't... On our, lift, on our list. Well, all you have to do is get in a lift and you get a game, Miguel. Get over yeah. to Declan Mountford. Basically, in short, it looks pretty grim. But you know what? I think Eagles fans are being realistic about the situation it's starting to uh it's you know some people getting a bit more frustrated than others one of the 600 pauls that watches this i think there's some rule we've got the what's the no homers club the opposite we've got the only pauls club we've had one of the many pauls that watches the show league leaders in excuses obviously that is true simo is a violent violent excuse maker yeah uh but yeah look migs i i think eagles fans know where we're at and we're not trying to sugarcoat things, but we're also not trying to just get too down in the dumps. Let's be honest, it's only round four. We might as well enjoy ourselves. We're going to do tips and all of that in a minute, but we've talked about some interesting players to watch. What do you want to see from the boys? Because there is a little bit more continuity than we've had, and maybe the result's not going to be gorgeous, but we'll wait and see what happens there. What do you want to see when you turn on your telly tomorrow? Uh, I'd like to see us try and control the tempo a bit. Um, Collingwood will... uh... Collingwood will probably be winning the ball out of the centre more than us, but uh, if we can you know, take it off and just uh, control the tempo, slow it down, um, almost go back to our old game style, really. Um, oh, no. That's not going to be popular. <laughs> but just, yeah, just um, so try and try and keep possession of the ball. Uh, they can't score against us if, uh, if we've got the ball until we turn it over. Um, so you want sorry, to grind yeah. out a nil-nil is what I'm hearing. Yeah, park the bus. Lift ourselves off the bottom with a nice draw. Two points yeah. clear. Good stuff. Let's play some Brexit football, some four four two. Let's do it. Uh, all right, Migs. Well, we will, we will get into our tips then because, like I say, the back line fine, the forward line fine, the midfield really, really ugly on paper, and it's hard to see that not being the deciding factor. Collingwood are very heavy favourites in this one, uh, which is disappointing, but it's the reality. So I'm assuming you're going to pick the pies. Maybe you'll prove me wrong. But who do you yeah. like in the game and what player do you think is going to impress us? Uh, I think I've made it fairly obvious throughout that I will be picking the pies. Um, yeah. Who will be... I, I, I don't think we'll get blown out. I think we'll be competitive uh, and then probably fall away in the last quarter. So I'll pick, uh, pick Collingwood by 28. Um, and our best... I was going to say Willie, but that feels like cheating a bit. Um, Xavier O'Neill. He's going to stand oh, up. Jesus. Uh, yeah, he? he's going to stand up under the uh, with the added responsibility and uh, well, crack twenty possessions probably for the first time. I'm guessing eighteen. I think was the highest. So yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, well, there you, go. And you get a goal as well on top of that. I, knowing full well that North Melbourne in a normal team would be about the worst team in football by a mile, I was still worried going into that that we'd lose by about 80 to 100 points. Yeah. So I'm very worried in this one. The Pies are moving it on really quickly, scoring a lot of points against some better teams than the Eagles are at the moment. Very worried about the scoreline in this one. Uh, the midfield, man, you just can't move past that midfield. There's not even six <laughs> midfielders named in it. So it's a tough one, but we'll, we'll see. I think the Pies are going to win. I think they're going to win by a fair way. Just before we wrap things up on the Pies game, what's the pass mark for you in this one in terms of is it a margin? Is it, a, is it something in the eye test, you know, the way they're playing? What, what's going to make you when the Eagles presumably have lost this game, it's going to make you walk away and go, okay, you know what? That wasn't a complete waste of a week. Uh, I'd like to see something from the younger players. Um, I was impressed the fact that a lot of the senior guys stood up against, well, really, the, the, the senior guys stood up against North Melbourne and then again against uh, the Dockers. It was um, McGovern and Hearn that were probably our two best players. Um, so I'd like to see more out of the um, uh, out of the some of the the kids. Um, Foley had a good first game against uh, Gold Coast. He's been down for a couple of weeks. He's now our most. Um, he's now got our yeah. longest consecutive game streak with six, I think. Six in um, a row. So yeah. So between him, uh, O'Neill is obviously going to have a blinder. Um, just the guys like that, um, who you know the average footy fan might not know. Um, uh, your mate at work wouldn't be sure whether they're real names or not. <laughs> real uh, or not, yeah. yeah. Luke Edwards, another one. Uh, I'd like to see a big game out of him. Um, yeah, just those guys. Uh, Patrick Nash has been um, has been a great get. So yeah, just uh, rock yeah, solid. Some good he's games. Played all good, four games. Good. Yeah, Luxury. he's probably second behind um, Foley, just about. Who has um, actually? We've had Nash play everyone. Hearn has played everyone, has yes. he? Yeah, Gov. Yeah. Um, that might be it. There was six. Uh, Petrovsky Seaton was one and Petricelli was one. So, yeah, that's ah, it. going to be Gov another Hearn. one, surely. Govhearn Nation Foley. Foley. Yeah, that's it. Oh, obviously it's Foley. We named him. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. The stalwarts, they're all going to stand up. Patrick Nash leading yeah. the charge. Uh, Brady Huff right. as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice game from him and uh, maybe a um, Rising Star nomination. We're probably not doing heroes and villains, are we? Oh, let's let's you know what we've got four minutes left. Let's smash okay. out some heroes and villains. It's been a lean week. Right. I, oddly enough, Migs, the media blowtorch has not been applied to the Eagles at all. And I think yeah. it's obviously to do with the situation, and you know they did their annual amount of Eagles coverage when all the sympathy pieces were coming out in the wake of round two. But I feel like there would have been more because that derby was really really poor, and it was also bad enough that a cursory glance at the score would make somebody go, oh, that was bad. I'll write about that. You know, you didn't need to have watched the game in Melbourne to look at that and go, oh, shit, that was pretty average. I just find it odd. The Eagles have escaped some some criticism. I wonder if you think it's coming or if it's just the COVID situation. We're sort of getting a free pass at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a lot of that. Also, the fact it was the Sunday afternoon game. I think everyone had written their stories by then and they didn't bother watching it. Um, But, yeah, we we are getting a lot of sympathy and we are getting a lot of... um, a lot of the sort of excuses are being uh, picked up by the uh, by the media, even though we're not giving them. That's nice. They're doing the heavy lifting yeah. for us. All right, let's do some heroes and villains. It's difficult to do when the media aren't on our back. I kind of yeah. like it in a refreshing way, but 
Tell you what, it's not good content. Uh, heroes, heroes first. Let's start. Do you have any heroes, Migs? We discussed pregame. One big hero in the scheme of things. Uh, but anybody else before we get yeah. on to that one? I can't remember who that was. Uh, my hero is going to be uh-huh. Nick Dacos for getting um, getting his Rising Star nomination last week and not doing it against us. Nicely done. He'll be the first yeah. guy to get two. You know this, right? Yeah. He's that good. Well, He's a future Brownlow medalist. They'll give it to that little flea, Ginevan or whoever. That's the new Hayden Ballantyne. Or Ballantyne. they'll give it to his brother that they've still not figured out is his brother no. and not him. And they've got, this, they've got the ISO cam on the wrong guy still. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, good. Nicely done, Dacos. Thanks for that. Uh, what about the Port Adelaide Footy Club, Miguel? They have fallen into a heap. We had pick 12. They wanted it. So they gave us pick 14 and this year's second rounder. And as of now, is it pick 19? Is that what it's worth at the moment? They are terrible. 0-4. Oh, yeah. What the hell's happened here? Well, they're ahead of us still. On percentage, oh, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a lot of the enjoyment out of this year. Is going to be death riding port. That's good. I like it. We absolutely fleeced Gold Coast a few years ago, and uh, hopefully Chessa. Thing is, we were going to pick Chessa anyway. We moved down yeah. two spots for free, and still got the guy we we're going to get. Now, granted, he's injured, but we'll wait and see what that turns into. We might get a nice pick in the early twenties for our troubles. So, thank you very much. Oh Jesus, we've got some. Uh, oh, geez, that's harsh. <laughs> Some pretty rough areas coming through in the yeah. comments here. About, I was thinking uh, we shouldn't Keyes bother doing villains without Keys because that's really his segment. No, I know. You normally let him come in on the on the big run-up. That's a, a shame. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm not going to read that one out for the audio listeners. You can just uh, – that's <laughs> exclusive for the live stream, this yeah. one. But some Bashing an old man. Pretty, Jeez. Pretty tough feedback there. All right. Well, in honour of Keys, the great man who we love dearly, let's yeah. do some villains. Uh, I mean, there's a few names jumping out, but without any media nominations, it's actually starting to be a bit internal and a bit reflective, Migs. I don't like it. Yeah, and I can't now remember who I was even going to nominate. Uh... <laughs> We've been <laughs> completely thrown off here. Yeah. Uh, well, we were talking about the Medicos. What about this? We've got players who were missing who weren't in the injury report. Shuey was going to be all right for round one, a bit of a test, and now it's round four. He's still not flying. Yeah. I know he's probably had COVID isolation yeah. and all this sort of stuff, but... I mean, the, the transparency at the club is something we've discussed for a while. While we're down and out, the least they could do is tell us what's going on. Does Rep Bazo exist, Miguel? I haven't heard about him for a while. No, no, not sure what's happened with him. Um, yeah, not named in the Waffle um, the waffle Scratch match, which uh, Yo is playing. And we've actually got um, got some, uh, some actual squad members playing this week. There was apparently a, a Waffle Scratch match last week. Uh, which we lost by 90-odd to Swans. Um, but no one has reported it anywhere. Uh, club, I don't Just think, has worked out that it's got a reserve side. Um, and even Swans, didn't they couldn't be bothered writing about it because it was more of a training drill, I suppose. But, um, yeah, that didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, there is, there's a waffle game uh, tomorrow at Leaderville and Elliot Yo will be playing, which will be interesting. Yeah, big shout-out to uh, Adrian Barrich as well. He went, ooh, Elliot yo has been picked for his first West Coast Eagles game of 2022 in the most obvious bit of bait that I've ever seen. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, it's just the, I don't know, it's the it's the transparency yeah. for me, Migs. If, if we're going to be down and out and a bit down on our luck, the least they can do is, yeah. I suppose, bring us in to all of that. They, I think they did a really good job of being as transparent as possible throughout round two and round three and the waffle top-ups. And as I keep saying, you know, everyone took it in their stride. The club were really good about it and open with it. 
just tell us who's injured. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. We already expect that everybody's injured. You don't gain anything by saying Shuey's good to go and then he's out. Or was Gaff a test? Was uh, who else is out injured? No, Gaff wasn't uh, mentioned. Petrovsky certainly wasn't, wasn't mentioned. Wasn't mentioned. Um, right? Both of so, those guys clearly struggling through the derby. Yeah, um, and we talked about it when we did the derby review that Gaff didn't look right, and you know a lot of not a lot of hard running from him in terms of the way he normally does. Just tell us. You gain nothing. Collingwood aren't sitting there sweating on Sam Petrovsky's seat in news. They're not. Just just tell us. Anyway, that's uh, some villainous behaviour there. Anything else at all villainous coming through? It's been a pretty lean week on uh, on the Eagles content front, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff Kennett and uh, and Tex Walker, both a little bit little bit racisty, um, getting in the news at the same time. Yeah. yeah, well, that's a little bit more heavy-hitting villainy than we normally stray into. But, yeah, that's yeah. probably more villainous than just not telling us where Rhett Bazo's at. Anyway, yeah. good, good luck to Jeff Kennett. Probably, Maybe yeah. he's fucking miserable probably wherever he is. Probably down that path. It'll take another half an hour. <laughs> there you go. And then we'll solve racism in half an hour. Yeah. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, that's what All two right, well, white guys will do. It. Let's go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just what the world needs. All right, Migs, I reckon yeah. we'll leave things there. Uh, thank you for people jumping in the comments. Most people anyway with... The scathing feedback about the uh, composition of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> rough. Anyway. No one's, no one's on. commented on our fashion choices today. That's all right. No, we're both wearing hats indoors. That's getting a pass. Yeah. We've gotten through 32 minutes of podcast and the flag behind me hasn't fallen down. Oh, excellent. That's a first for a while. So, that's, that's uh, our hero nomination. Yeah. You watch it fall down now for peak comedic yeah. timing. Anyway, let's leave it there. Uh, <laughs> thank you for everyone. Thank you to everyone who's watched, who's listening. Share the show, do all that good stuff. Watch us live as well. Jump in the comments, have your say. All that beautiful stuff. We'll see you on Twitter. We'll see you on Facebook. And we will see you next week. Bye for now. Bye.